everyone, and welcome to another Blastburn Radio Showdown Spotlight. I'm your host, Jolly by Nature, and with me, as always, is our good, good battle boy, Messer Engine. How's it going tonight, Mess? It's good. Saturday night's all right for fighting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Elton John. Super fun. I'm having a good night, and we're going to talk about a Pokemon tonight, and hopefully you all enjoy it. That is indeed what we do here. Good, good. I'm glad that you're doing doing well, buddy. I've I've had kind of a rough week, and there's kind of a tickle in my throat. So if I sound a little funny, I I apologize. But we're gonna we're gonna get through it the best we can, and be grateful that this show is shorter than anything else that we produce. So hopefully, I don't start sounding like like a fucking dwarf from uh, Lord of the Rings. It is literally the shortest show that we make. The shortest anything that we do, like streams, podcasts. We measure this not in hours upon hours. Yeah, yeah, it's it's short, but it's packed with that good, good vitamin goodness. Vitamin, 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 vitamin is not a word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's packed with all those vitamins and nutrients that. <laughs> it's got the electrolytes that plants crave. crave. Uh, <laughs> that's a real sad joke because that's kind of the real world now. Oh. Uh, all right, guys. So if this is your first showdown spotlight episode, uh, welcome. I'm probably going to stop saying that soon because we're almost to double digits, guys. Uh, but in our, our showdown spotlight episodes, we aim to showcase a particular Pokemon, what makes it special and how it's best used in competitive Pokemon, uh, either in singles, uh, most commonly using like the Smogon tiers system, which is like the, the fan accepted most common form of singles competitive, uh, as well as in uh, doubles, which would be VGC, which is like... Like the official competitive Pokemon format that is pushed by the Pokemon company. Uh, for each of these episodes, we also hold what we call our Friday Night Fight Stream, and we use both the teams that we made and discussed here on this show, as well as the teams that you guys create and submit around our Spotlight Pokemon on the live ladder, which is a whole, whole lot of fun. Uh, we, we did our Friday Night Fight for Miss Magius last night, and it was, it was almost too chill. Like, guys... Guys, do you not like spoopums? Is is that what's going on? Uh, it was a very chill night. We didn't have like a ton of interaction this time, but that's totally cool. It's around the holidays. We get it. And hopefully we'll get you guys pumped to submit teams and to come out and participate in show love this, this time. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. And as always, we really appreciate those of you who take the time to make and submit teams. You guys have no idea what you missed last night. The last minute ghost mono without the spotlight pokemon was clearly the best moment when i went oh shit someone's not on this team <laughs> there you go, yep. mess. mess did a whoops uh, <laughs> now this month we are we're returning to a familiar metagame we're putting on those comfy pants uh and we're doing so at the request of one of our listeners messer engine who will we be shining our spotlight on this week so this week, actually, uh, our ice-type gym leader, Penguin Mage, asked us to get a little chilly, and we're looking at the premier ice-type of underused, Mamoswine. That good pig boy. Oh, he's so good. Uh, now, Mamoswine is classified as the Twin Tusk Pokemon. Uh, much like our last Spotlight Pokemon, Miss Magius, Mamoswine was introduced in Generation 4 as a new evolution for an established Generation 2 Pokemon line, uh, specifically Swinub and Piloswine. Uh, Piloswine evolves into Mamoswine when it levels up while knowing the move Ancient Power, which is 
in some ways easier said than done, particularly if you didn't know that, because that move was only added to its move kit in Generation 4, and it doesn't learn Ancient Power by level up. It's available at the move reminder for the price of a heart scale, and it's also available as an egg move, but it'll never just level up and learn it. So, yeah, hopefully you're you're keeping up on your Cerebi, or you just got a pile of swine for fucking ever. Uh, <laughs> Mammoth Swine is a ground and ice type Pokemon. He is number 205 in the Sinnoh Regional Pokedex and is number 473 in the National Dex. Mamoswine is absolutely fucking enormous, measuring 8 feet 2 inches tall and weighing 641 and a half pounds. That half pound is very important. <laughs> now, the Pokedex entries uh, surrounding our pig mammoth friend tend to be very similar, which is actually like a trend that we see on this show. Uh, you'd think that they were all themed around a Pokemon or something. In this case, they tend to focus on his age, interestingly enough. Uh, in Diamond and Pearl, the Pokedex states, Its impressive tusks are made of ice. The population thinned when it turned warm after the Ice Age. He would have no tusks. The Pokedex lying again. Because you, I can't imagine it would be like real good going through global warming when you have a major appendage that's made of ice. Like, have you ever taken ice out of your freezer? It would fucking melt. <laughs> fucking Pokedex ridden by eight-year-olds. In Pokemon Platinum, the Pokedex states, A frozen one was dug up from soil dating back 10,000 years. It woke up to much amazement. Mmm, holy shit. Mamoswine is Encino Man. Now I just can't help picturing it in a Hawaiian shirt and sunglasses, Jolly. <laughs> yeah, he's just dooting his way through California. Holy shit. Somebody, somebody out there. I know that one of you motherfuckers does Photoshop. Photoshop Mamoswine onto the very 1999 or very 1990s movie poster for Encino Man. We, we, we have to have it. <laughs> now, Mamoswine doesn't see a ton of major representation in the video games, though he is the ace of Price's rematch team in Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Mamoswine is also one of the special ride Pokemon that's used in Pokemon X and Y. Uh, he allows you to plow through areas that are absolutely buried in snow. In the anime, Mamoswine was notably one of the key members of Dawn's party in the Diamond and Pearl saga. Uh, Mamoswine initially didn't respect or listen to Dawn. He was a little Sundir boy, uh, much like Ash's Charizard in the Indigo League series. Uh, but eventually she did want win him over and he became a reliable partner for Dawn and was used in many of her contest battles. Man, Price, the Doom Gong, Lord of the Doom Gong. I'm never going to be able to picture him with a fucking mammal swine. For those of you who don't know, Celeste nearly wiped to Price and it's fucking resting dugong in our Generation 2 series. Now, mammal swine has access to three total abilities and all of them are situationally useful, if not game-breaking. By default, mammal swine has access to Snow Cloak, which increases his evasion in hail. And Oblivious, which has undergone some changes over the generations, but in recent games prevents infatuation, as well as the effects of the move Taunt. He also has a hidden ability, which is the absolutely stellar Thick Fat, which causes him to gain a resistance to ice and fire type attacks. Now, I know that you're a big fan of this 
Pokemon, Jolly. You want to wax poetic about him for a moment? All right. So Mamoswine is a pig. And as you know by now, if you're a longtime listener, that's really just kind of enough to do it for me. Uh, but really, though, he just, he combines a lot of traits that I really, really appreciate in Pokemon. Um, he's he's big and physically powerful, which is an aesthetic that that does does it for me. Frankly, um, he has excellent offensive typing, and I'm a very offensive player like we've established that like i can i can play defensively and i can play balance and all that stuff but at my at my heart i go aggro like that's just what i do and mamoswine is a very aggro boy uh so that that fits very well thematically he's just he's just a good good piggo friend and i want to have one and ride it and hug it and be best buddies and then i got to use spunky in our gen 4 series and spunky was absolutely phenomenal you know, we talked a lot at the end of that series about who really deserved to be called my MVP. Like, a lot of names were thrown around. And honestly, I think it probably would have been Spunky if I'd have just had her a little bit longer. Because uh, she was also just absolutely a, a killer. Uh, and, and never failed to perform really, really well. So yeah, like, just just absolutely fantastic. Cannot say enough good things about Mammal Swine. It's a great, great pigo friend. I really like Pokemon personally that are clearly based thematically on something. And Mamoswine definitely falls into that category. It looks at a woolly mammoth. Uh, and it's somebody who loved the prehistoric era and like dinosaurs and early mammals and all that kind of stuff growing up. I really, really dig Mamoswine. I really like the fact that he appeared in one of my favorite generations, uh, which is real cool. Uh, and he's just good. Like, there's a thing. He's just good. I really enjoyed using him uh, when we were doing team building for this week's episode. So hopefully uh, you guys get to play around with our teams and build your own and appreciate him for the pig mammoth that he is. Absolutely. So let's talk about Mamoswine's use in competitive since we, we kind of started leading there and that's kind of a, a good that's kind of the whole thing that we do here um so his role is murder his role is murder that is very true uh so much like miss magius mamoswine is a pokemon without a ton of variability he is not a swiss army knife of a pokemon he doesn't bring a ton of status or support options to the table he lacks the 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 speed stat to reliably sweep or clean uh he lacks the defenses to take powerful hits and lacks any real setup potential whatsoever and from that you might think i'm describing a very bad pokemon however Mamoswine's incredible dual stab typing, his frankly disgusting physical attack stat, and his access to priority ensures that he does one thing incredibly well, and that is punching holes in opposing teams. As a wall breaker, Mamoswine is the total package. His earthquake is sickeningly powerful, among the strongest attacks in the UU tier unboosted. His icicle crash provides a powerful secondary stab option and punishes flying types hoping to avoid the earthquake, which is really important, you guys, because Mega Aerodactyl and Mega Pidgeot are in this tier. And additionally, Ice Shard allows him to pick off faster opponents without fear in his fourth move slot wall breaking mamoswine does have a surprising number of options including stealth rocks for team support knockoff for the ever useful ability to deny an opponent their item and freeze dry to punish bulky waters that may attempt to wall him as well as stone edge to hit rodom heat 
This Mammoth Swine set is most frequently holding the life orb to boost his wall-breaking potential without detracting from his powerful coverage. Although Focus Sash is sometimes used to allow him to stay in and remove troublesome opponents that would otherwise destroy him. Likewise, this set will most frequently run Thick Fat to provide a much-needed boost to Mammoth's defenses. So while this is by far the most common set for Mammoth Swine and UU, it's definitely not the only option. Uh, with his combination of the ability Oblivious and Stealth Rocks, Mammoth Swine can also make for an effective Stealth Rocks lead, though this is honestly mostly seen as kind of a waste of his raw power and wall-breaking potential. Uh, lead Mammoth Swine will always run Stealth Rocks and will always lead out and will almost always set those rocks on turn one, with Oblivious preventing faster opponents, such as Azelf, from preventing the rocks with Taunt. Uh, this set will most frequently also run Ice Shard and Endeavor in conjunction with holding the Focus Sash. This allows Mamoswine to, in ideal circumstances, guarantee a single KO uh, by taking a hit that reduces him down to 1 HP, reduces him down to Sash, endeavoring his opponent down to 1 HP as well, and then KOing it with the priority uh, Ice Shard. In his fourth slot, Lead Mamoswine will most frequently run Earthquake, though, again, arguments can be made for knockoff to remove items or protect to scout out opposing moves, as this is ultimately more of a support set than a wall breaker. Uh, this set is far less common than wall-breaking Mamoswine, but it is potent and can work well and thus merits mentioning. Now, it's really important to note that while Mamoswine resides in the underused tier by usage, it's still extremely capable of putting in big work and overuse as well. This is true of most Pokemon, honestly. Just because they don't see common usage in a tier doesn't mean that they can't be used successfully when given the proper team support in the appropriate role. Usage stats are important indicators of a Pokemon's perceived value in a given tier, but the ability to see a niche and properly identify a lower tier Pokemon that can best fill that niche is an incredible skill to have, and something that separates good competitive players from truly great team builders and battlers. Specifically, it's noteworthy that respected battler and YouTuber PokeAim uh, did a month-long Mamoswine to the Top YouTube series where he used Mamoswine in a variety of roles and teams on the OU ladder and along with support from his community was able to appraise it in usage to OU for several months before it fell back down. Obviously, there was manipulation of usage there, but he proved pretty successfully that Mamoswine can thrive among the best. Yeah, that was a really kind of incredible ride, honestly. And again, what's really important to note about that series, because obviously it's going to be possible for for anyone, right? Like if, if we had a larger community and we were to community rally and say, hey guys, we're going to use fucking Chuckle in OU all month and we're going to raise its usage. <laughs> like we could do that, but the success that he saw with using Mammoth Swine on the OU ladder and not just by using it in its most, you know, its most noteworthy roles and not even just using teams that he built himself because Joey aim is, is among the best battlers out there. He's been at the top of the smog on ladder very frequently. He's very, very good, but he would take teams that his 
fans, his viewers submitted and do just as well with those. Like, like again, this wasn't just a case of, hey, this guy's really good at battling and he's doing well with a shit mon. Mamoswine deserved to be up there. Uh, there. There are reasons that it doesn't live there, but it can definitely do work. That said, Underused is very much Mamo's home, and that's where we'll be focusing on his best plays. Uh, Wall-breaking Mamoswine is defined by his huge offensive presence and his defensive frailty, and as such, he contributes much more naturally on offensive teams. Uh, he's able to punch huge holes into opposing defenses and thus set up sweepers such as Raikou and Mega Altaria appreciate the sweeping opportunities that he provides. Mamoswine has trouble switching in and thus appreciates partners who provide pivoting potential, such as Mega Beedrill, Mega Manetric, Scizor, and Rotom Heat. Uh, Mamoswine greatly appreciates entry hazards as they allow him to better break through opposing walls, and thus hazard setters such as Nihelago and Klefki partner well. And lastly, with Life Orb Recoil, Mamoswine is very susceptible to being worn down over time and thus appreciates partners who can remove hazards from his own side of the field. So anything packing Defog or Rapid Spin is a welcome partner for Mamoswine. While Mamoswine has many strengths, his weaknesses are also predictable and pronounced. Many bulky water types such as Mega Slowbro, Alomalola, uh, and Suicune can live Mamo's powerful earthquake and punished with a super effective scald. Fighting type foes such as Infernape, Cobalion, and Heracross likewise outspeed and threaten to KO Mamoswine with their super effective stab attacks. Due to his middling speed tier, Mamo must be wary of hard-hitting foes who outspeed him such as Terrakion and Kyrium Black. Uh, as well as Rodom Heat, actually, now that I think about it. He can be particularly troublesome uh, as his ability Levitate allows him to live any hit and KO with Overheat unless Mamo is running Stone Edge. Overall, Mamoswine is, he's a blunt object in competitive Pokemon, but sometimes a sledgehammer is exactly what the job calls for. Uh, if you're looking to punch holes in opposing teams to allow other members to come in and clean up, you can do far worse than our good old pig friend. Yeah, absolutely. And now, as part of the show, uh, we do this every single time we do one of these, we've prepared Team Center around this month's Spotlight Pokemon in the relevant meta. So we'll include our teams in the show notes for this episode, and we'd absolutely encourage you to take them for a spin yourself. Jolly, why don't you tell us about your Mamoswine team and how you went about building it? Sure, sure. So for my Mamoswine team... Obviously, we started with the Mamoswine, and we decided to run a fairly traditional wall-breaking Mamoswine. I, I really considered running the lead set and running him as a, a, a suicide lead and a stealth rocker, but at the end of the day, the, the whole point of the series is to showcase Mamo, and that's not what Mamo does best. So we wanted to let him thrive and do exactly what he do. So we are running Spunky. Our good girl has returned to us. Uh, the thick, fat Mamoswine. Jolly by nature, uh, as per usual. Uh, rocking max attack and max speed with Earthquake, Icicle Crash, Ice Shard. And then for that fourth slot, we went with Stone Edge. Uh, Rotom Heat, since he came up in usage to UU, is just all over the UU tier. And having that, that rock coverage is just really, really beneficial to deal with the oven. Now, from there, 
Uh, I knew that we were going to want a couple of different things. Uh, I knew that we were definitely going to want pivoting potential. And I also knew that we were going to want some much faster offensive threats. And so I actually went with two Pokemon that I really love using in the UU tier. Although one of them, it was my first time using him in UU. But I knew I was going to love using this boy in UU. Uh, But for a long time, my big complaint with UU tier has been that... Mega Beedrill is such a fantastic U-Turner. Mega Manectric is such a fantastic Volt Switch. But I can't use them together because they're both Megas. At the end of the day, I can never have that good, good Volt Turn combo out of those two Pokemon because they just can't be on the field together. Well, now that Zeraiora has fallen to UU... I basically can, and it's glorious. Uh, so we are rocking Francis the Mega Beedrill. Uh, he's rocking Poison Jab, Drill Run, U-Turn, the standard three moves. Uh, and for his fourth move slot, we actually wound up giving him Swords Dance this time around. The great thing about this team is that Mamoswine provides such great wall-breaking potential that he can frequently actually give a Pokemon as frail as Mega Beedrill the opportunity to set up a Swords Dance. So we've been taking really good advantage of that on ladder, and it's been really, really helpful a couple of times. Uh, so that's that's fantastic. And we love Mega Beedrill. This isn't the first time I've talked about this set and just how much I love using this Pokemon. Uh, but he's very good in UU. I love him a whole, whole lot. And we're also rocking Edge Cat, the Zeriora. Now, a really cool thing about Zeriora is because his physical attack is so good, it's very easy to overlook how good he is specially. And he's very good specially. Uh, the set that we're running is basically like a bargain basement Tapu Koko, but he works very well in that role. We're running him actually uh, timid natured, uh, max special attack, max speed, uh, with choice specs. And he's rocking Volt Switch, Thunderbolt, Hidden Power, Ice, and Grass Knot. And he just comes out and he Volt Switches back out. Or if the opportunity arises to hit something hard with Grass Knot or to Thunderbolt something to ensure the KO, then he can. But 90% of the time he just comes out and Volt Switches back out and does big dick damage on the way out, which is exactly what he's meant to do. Now, from there... I knew that I was going to want another another win con, right? Because Francis, our Mega Beedrill, is a very good win condition, but we never like to go into these teams with just one way to win. And so I looked over what was available in the UU tier as far as possible setup sweepers, and I found a boy that I have wanted to use on one of these teams for a very long time, but he's never quite fit. He fits this time, and so we are using him. We are using Rock Lobster! The Crawdon. <laughs> and Crawdon is so fucking phenomenal, you guys. His, he's frail. All right. That's first things first. He's not particularly fast and he is frail. But if you can get him in and you can set up a single swords dance, his attack stat is absolutely disgusting. He has access to priority in Aqua Jet. And that priority is further boosted by his ability adaptability, which increases his stab bonus. So... We are running the the standard sweeping Crawdont set. He is Jolly Natured, Max Attack, Max Speed, uh, with Aqua Jet, Crab Hammer, Knockoff, and Swords Dance. If he outspeeds something, he can click Crab Hammer or Knockoff, whichever is more appropriate. Uh, if he's slower, he just clicks Aqua Jet. And after a Swords Dance, he does 
just disgusting damage to absolutely everything, which is usually if he comes in late in the game, it'll allow him to sweep. If he comes in more mid game, he again punches big holes to allow Francis to do his dirty, dirty work. And he's rocking the Waterium Z uh, and Waterium Z crab hammer is, it's so gross. <laughs> it is so fucking disgusting. Uh, I took, I took a defensive swamper from 100% to zero with Z crab hammer, like not even 15 minutes ago. And it was just delicious. Again, rock lobster is Crawdon is a Pokemon that is very easy to misplay and it's very easy to waste. If you bring him out at the wrong moment against the wrong thing, he's going to die. He does not have the bulk to live, but if used properly, he just he just wrecks shit and it's it's fantastic. Beyond that, we went back to our good good platinum team. We brought another old friend on the squad. That's right, it's your boy Jimmy the Rotom and specifically we stuck him in an oven. He is a Rotom heat. Uh, and we chose Rotom heat specifically because we, we really needed a defog. Like that's really important. Um, a for mammal swine in general, as we talked about previously, he's very prone to getting worn down, but B we're, we're running a pretty heavy emphasis on volt turn on this team. And so like, the, the residual damage from rocks adds up a lot when you're clicking U-turn and Volt Switch a lot. So having a reliable defog was really important. So we went with Rotom Heat to provide that action. He is holding the leftovers. He is timid-natured. We're just fast. We're as fast as we can be on this team, even with some normally pretty slow Pokemon. And he's rocking Volt Switch, Overheat, Will-O-Wisp, and Defog. Uh, the Will-O-Wisp is really, really great because it provides setup opportunities for our Crawdon. If we're able to get a Willow off on something physically offensive, we can often bring Crawdon in and click Swords Dance because it's no longer going to have the, uh, the oomph to KO him in one hit. So that's been very, very useful in that regard. Also, the fact that he's a slower Pokemon and has Volt Switch has been handy as well. Uh, and last but not least... This is when you know that a po that a team clicks together really, really well, because this Pokemon fills so many roles that we needed. Uh, it's a grass type that completes our fire, water, grass core. It's a, a physically defensive Mon that, that balances our, our fairly specially defensive uh, Rotom. And he provides stealth rocks. He's another U-Turner. He just, he fits perfectly, but was not remotely on my mind when I was team building. It just, he, we found a perfectly onion-shaped hole. And into that hole, we plugged our Onion Knight Celebi. We are running a physically defensive Celebi set with max investment in HP and a lot of investment in defense. Uh, and he's running Stealth Rocks, U-Turn, Giga Drain, and Recover. Uh, and yeah, he just, he pivots in to eat hits when he needs to. He gets rocks up and he U-Turns out. And he just lives. He lives real good. Real fucking good. This boy is at living. Celebi's really, really good. Celebi's fantastic. All, all the base 100 mythics, so like all of the the mythics from generations 1, 2, and 3, and, and then Manaphy, I think, was the last base 100 mythic. Oh no, they, they did Victini in Gen 5 too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of them. But all the base 100 mythics who have 100 in every stat, they're all really fucking good. But yeah, Celebi is absolutely phenomenal. Does exactly what we needed. Again, was not even a little bit on my mind when I started building this team, but just fills so many needed holes and just does such a really great job. 
I don't know if this is the best team that I've ever built for this series, but I think it's the funnest and I definitely have the most fun using it. I, it is again, I'm an offensive player and this team is 110% aggro. Like something comes in and it's hitting for big dick damage or it's pivoting out and giving me switch momentum so that something else can hit for big dick damage. It's really good. I love using it a whole whole lot. Uh, I'm probably going to keep using this team even once we're done with the spotlight because it's just really fucking good. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. It's uh what are we going to name this team, Jolly? Is it just be like Revolving Knife? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very fucking nice. I, I dig it. So, for my team, UU is an, an interesting meta. We've been here a couple times now. Uh, and I was determined to play around with some Pokemon I, I haven't used before, as well as some that are really just kind of core to the way that I like to play. Uh, one of the things that we deci- we talked about, we didn't decide it, the community decided it, uh, Game Freak decided it, uh, is that Mammoth Swine really thrives in offensive setups. And I'm a very defensive player. And so that doesn't mesh real great. So I, I did my best to build a team that was like legitimately threatening and could really just push people. We started obviously with Mammoth Swine and we were running... The, the cookie cutter like set that Mamoswine is known for. Stompers is real good with his attack and speed EVs, his jolly nature, his life orb. He's a fat boy, not a real fat boy, but a thick fat boy with icicle crash, earthquake, ice shard, and stealth rock. Now from there, I actually wanted a way to slow things down a bit one of the really interesting things about the uu metagame is there's a lot of really fast pokemon that's true as you go up in tiers obviously like speed is such a good thing to have but there are there's a lot of fast shit and i see it a lot on the ladder obviously so when we're having a bit of a mirror match i want my enemy's Pokemon to be as slow as possible. And that meant we needed to go get ourselves some sticky webs. And to do that, we actually jumped down a tier and grabbed a Galvantula, uh, who we named Skitters. So we have Stompers and Skitters. Uh, Skitters is also running a life orb so that he can be threatening after he sets his webs, running max investment in special attack and speed with compound eyes to increase that accuracy. And we're running sticky web, thunder, bug buzz and hidden power ice. It works really, really well. Bug buzz can do a significant amount of damage with that life orb. Once you set your webs, a lot of times I'll see something that is clearly coming in to threaten skitters and just remove him. But his job is literally just set the web and if he dies, he dies. And if necessary, I will just try to murder the crap out of whatever came out. And it works really good. He he deals so much damage. And that really accurate thunder is very, very good. Once we had a way to slow our opponents down, we started looking at some offensive threats. And we decided to go with a mega I don't use very often, but that I like a lot. Uh, and that's Mega Pidgeot. Who we named Tomahawk. Uh, we're running Keen Eye on it as its initial ability. And we are running Max Investment in Special Attack and Speed. It's Timid. We're running Hurricane Heat Wave U-Turn, which we talked about before being very valuable to bring in Mamoswine when needed and Roost. 
obviously uh, flying Mon in a, a tier that has a lot of rocks isn't always the best, but I'll tell you what, there's a lot of ground moves too. And it's really useful to be able to switch in on a, a predicted hit and just be immune uh, and do some damage. Next, we went to a mon I'm just starting to get to know in our Gen 5 uh, series, uh, Darmanitan. I have a Darmaka in our main series, uh, and I've never used a Darmanitan before. Uh, we give him the Choice Scarf, so he's real fast. He's got Sheer Force, uh, Max Investment in Attack and Speed. He's Jolly, like our good friendo on this podcast, and he's running Flare Blitz, U-Turn, Rock Slide, and Earthquake. Rock Slide has actually been really really valuable because one of the mon that you see in the uu tier often is mega aerodactyl it's a pain in the ass it's not real great and usually when darmanitan is out in comes the mega aerodactyl to just make my life miserable and if i can predict that properly and drop rocks on his head he doesn't like that very much Uh, and sometimes i can just fucking kill it like right off like no problem rocks fall everyone dies Rocks falls, everybody dies, especially if it's not mega evolved yet. Uh, that's super valuable and really great. It's got U-turn again, another uh, pivot for us, which is really good. We named our Darmanitan Zen, and his job is just to come out and murder sweet babies with those big bloody fists of his and just be like, oh, you're almost dead. No, you're really dead. You're definitely super dead. I also wanted another special attacker on the team. Specifically, I I really needed some fighting coverage. And I need Steel to block Toxic, uh, which is always a concern that you have to be worried about. And we went to Lucario, Mr. Fox the Lucario with the Fight Name Z, Interfocus, Max EV's investment in special attack and speed. Tim and Nature were running Aurosphere, Flash Cannon, Vacuum Wave, and Nasty Plot. Nasty Plot on Lucario is excellent. It threatens a lot of things. It can come out, get a Nasty Plot off, and then just wreck shit. It also has priority, which is really valuable. And it hits all those rock boys real good. Real, real good. Which is fantastic. And last but certainly not least, we needed a defensive pivot for particularly... Uh, fire blasting enemies who want to melt our sweet, sweet mammoth swine to the ground. And for that, we brought the ye old ancient friend, Remembrance, the Blissey, because that is, it's just one of my, just one of my go-tos. Was it Chandelure is in UU and it's just a nightmare? Not when you get a Blissey around. We're running Mez's traditional Blissey set, Leftovers. You know, HP, defense, natural cure, seismic toss, toxic, soft-boiled, and protect. Yeah, that's the squad. It works pretty well. There are times when things get a little scary. I have a lot of things that are are fairly frail, but the U-turns help with switching things in and out. Anything that is only special is completely walled by Blissey, which is fantastic. In a lot of cases, the frailness does not matter as much once sticky webs are down because we're going to go first and we are going to punch them in the face really, really hard. It's been really fun to use and I like that the team is very colorful. There's lots of colors on this team, blues and reds and yellows. And I know that sounds real silly, but when I look at it, it makes me smile. 
<laughs> well, good. Thank you very much, Messer Engine. And I, I think that it's really, really interesting that we both managed to build teams that still revolve around some of the same core concepts, but use such drastically different Pokemon to get there. And you, you is a really diverse tier, and it's. It's a really good tier, too. Like, if you look at the mod, like, if you really just look at the roster of underused Pokemon, most of these are Pokemon that were overused in a previous metagame. Like, they just, they've fallen due to power creep, not because they were designed poorly. Mm-hmm. And and they're just, yeah, it's it's a really fun playground for competitive. I like it a whole lot. You know, obviously overused is... The, the shining jewel like that's that's where the giants roam but but underused is a very cool and fun place and i i always have a really good time when we play there you know this team actually started off with a cleric sylveon on it and i just couldn't get it to work right i really like sylveon from a design standpoint i like its mono fairy type but i i just couldn't get it to service purpose and like threaten if that makes any sense like it had all the requisite tools i just wasn't using it right for whatever reason so it'll be interesting i'm next time we do you i'm gonna try again but we'll we'll see i guess all right guys so that's been our our show for tonight and as always we do want to encourage you guys to use our teams that we've built for this show again they'll be in the show notes and just with a quick copy and paste you can insert them into your own pokemon showdown client of choice whether you use the web browser on desktop or mobile or whether you use the desktop client itself pokemon showdown is really really easy to use and again, you can import the teams with literally a click of the button and, and try them out for yourselves. And we'd encourage you to do so and provide feedback. And as always, we'll be doing our Showdown Spotlight Friday Night Fight stream. Uh, and you can expect our Mamoswine-centered Friday Night Fights next Friday, which will be November the 16th. Yeah, absolutely. Next week, we're also going to be back with the main show, week five of our Generation 5 series. So look forward to that. Clay is absolutely terrifying. I know, I've already done it. So here's hoping uh, we all make it out alive. I'm really anxious to see Jolly and Celeste uh, do their battle. Yeah. Now be sure to email us guys and get at us. Let us know uh, what Pokemon you'd like to see us spotlight later in November. Send in your Mamoswine centered teams for us to use on the Friday night fight stream later this month, or just get at us and let us know what you think of the show. Uh, You can send your emails to blastburnradio at gmail.com or get at us on social media at blastburnradio. Now, as always, you can follow me personally at BBR Jolly on Twitter. And I'm at Mesra Engine. And as always, don't forget to check out Mythic Portal Games for all of your online role-playing assets. If you play Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder or Starfinder or any other RPG in online spaces such as Roll20, you can get really awesome art assets uh, to help you in crafting your world made by our very own Messer Engine uh, and and provided directly to you. Um, Obviously, supporting Mess supports the show, uh, and we really, really appreciate it. So thank you. Now, I want to take a moment to thank everybody for joining us today. I want to give a special thank you, as always, to my co-host, Jolly by Nature. For Blastburn Radio, I am Mezzer Engine. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.